Welcome back to another episode of Brown People Problems, where I, Nikita, your host, uh, take you through what it looks like to navigate life while being brown. And today I have with me uh, Shweta Dikshit, who is an old friend from university when we did our undergrad together and we've just uh, stayed in touch since. But um, Shweta is now a full-time dance influencer. And before that, she was a space engineer. So I'm really excited to have her on today to talk about what it looks like to be a content creator and pursue sort of this non-traditional career as a brown woman. I'm so excited to have you here, Shweta. Thank you, Nikita. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm, I'm so excited and you're doing wonderful work. Like I've been, as you said, like we've been following each other and uh, like I, I know how important your work is, especially in the brown community. So like kudos to you about it. Thank you so much. Yeah, that really means a lot. I think recently you said, right, that you've made the shift from full time. Uh, well, from part-time content creation to full-time. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> Definitely nervous. Uh, officially, I am a full-time content creator now, starting actually this January. And uh, to be honest, it was something in my mind for a while, especially uh, given that uh, there, there were some opportunities coming my way uh, in regards to sponsorships and stuff so so i was curious about it and then uh, my project work officially ended in december and then i was like you know what why not let's try it for a couple months and see where it goes yeah yeah it sounds like things were falling into place right for you and this just naturally felt like a time to make that transition yeah yeah definitely it wasn't it wasn't sudden i feel like this was a long time coming i just i just didn't want to admit it to be honest <laughs> yeah, yeah it can be scary it can be scary and i know you are on tiktok you post dance videos on instagram on youtube as well um and are any plans on creating a different type of any different type of content or are you kind of sticking to the dance um i've Dance is, uh, it, it will, it started off as kind of like a way to let off steam with, especially when I was studying engineering, it, it was hard, like I'm not gonna lie. I studied for 10 years, like I, I did a BSc and then I did a BN, so all of that took 10 years and then dance was just kind of like something off the side, but I, I realized that uh, I couldn't make money off of it unless I was giving classes. So, and yeah, and then I had more um, hop, I guess you could call it hobbies, where I, I love playing dress up. Um, if, if you could ask my younger self, like she'd laugh at me because I was a complete tomboy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, but I love playing dress up. I like, you know, with makeup. It's 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 my creative expression. So it just like flowed into it somehow. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like it sounds really nice, right? I think we need, all need to have some sort of a creative out, uh, outlet. And um, I know you've been dancing since university. We were on the same dance team for yeah. our listeners, and I was probably not the most easygoing choreographer, but. <laughs> You know, that was a really stressful time. And I think now I sort of look back and I think, oh my God, I wish I had those stressors again because the stress now in life as an adult just doesn't compare to how good we had it back then. Oh my God, we were so stressed about winning a, like, a simple <laughs> little competition now. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I look back at our videos sometimes and I laugh that what we did was not even that complex. No. <laughs> and we were so but stressed it, out about it. Yeah, but I, I love that that little world was that that was it. Like it was it, now it feels like such a safe space for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm sort of wondering, uh, you know, if, if you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about your journey from choosing space engineering as a career to now dance and I imagine like there's probably like a lot of going back and forth. Um, a lot of like anxiety like nervousness right that came up around it and, and i'm curious what that like transition has looked like for you yeah so what started off like as a kid i've always been uh, fascinated by space especially because i grew up in india and then you know in the summers you sleep on the terrace and it's just like night sky and then i would always try to stay awake as much as i could to like look at the stars and try to catch like shooting stars and stuff so when i uh, when like my parents decided that we should move here um and then I, I was looking at college, like university applications. I looked at this program and I was like, this is so interesting because I was already going to choose engineering um, as a part of my 12, after my 12th, because I did my board exams in India and then I did university here. So, and then I was, and then I looked at the curriculum and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, you know, this is a perfect thing. And I started it, but the what ended up happening was the more I learned about space, the more it gave me existential crisis. Like I can laugh about it now, but it, it was really scary because I started feeling like these little things don't care. And then my in my like the you know how important relationships are with your parents or with, with your siblings. And then I started to feel like I just not caring and which is not really I feel like it's it's not really fair to the other person uh, because uh, here I am just trying to like study the bigger picture and then everything else feels so small so it got to a point where I was like I don't know if I want to do this but you know brown parents are like you know what finish your degree you can always decide to do something else later have a backup etc etc so I finished it um, I did like two because I really wanted to do it so I did two degrees and then uh, I think I finished my BN right when the pandemic hit mm -hmm. so uh, like that, that's what my graduation was April 2020 mm -hmm. for uh, my BN and uh, as I'm, I'm pretty sure most as everybody else, we have a, I had a lot of anxiety when it came to like the pandemic, the unknown, what's going to happen, what, how's the job market going to look like, etc. Et and then uh, Shiva, my husband, he uh, he's also an uh, engineer, he's a brilliant engineer, and then he runs his own company. So he's like, hey, uh, we want, uh, like, I need help. I need an engineer to help me with projects right now. So do you think you want to, you want to come and help me? It's not space related. And I was like, and then I jumped at the opportunity because it was not space related, but it was still engineering something I really like doing, like solving problems and solving scientific problems. So I was like, okay, uh, let's start. And then, uh, 
while I was in university, obviously, I started dancing as an outlet. And then sometimes I'd focus more on the dance and less on studying because I was trying to like, I was trying to battle my anxiety, my existential crisis and sort of like hiding under my dance. Um, so obviously pandemic, I danced um, in my house. I tried to continue doing it. And it just, honestly, it just grew uh, during the pandemic. Like my TikTok sort of started blowing up. Uh, and then I, I was like, okay. Then it started becoming more and more where I'd get like hate comments. And then I was like, oh. the worst. And then I was like, okay, but I'm just, I'm just sharing my dance, right? Like it was supposed to be a passion and now it's kind of turning into work. And then uh, I struggled with that a little bit. I was like, do I really want to continue? Do I don't, do I not want to? But I kept gravitating towards recording uh, more videos because me learning how to record videos and how to edit them, it was such an amazing creative outlet for me. Uh, it, it was so much fun trying to come up with ideas and trying to like, hey, let's try this. Okay, it didn't work. People didn't really, like, didn't really like it or I just didn't get any views. Let me try something else. I was always kept on toes and then I loved that compared to like, you know, menial like nine to five engineering work because like you solve problems. Problems come the next day, you solve them again. So the transition was gradual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very yeah. gradual, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like um, all that creative work just felt so like gratifying for you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I that's mean, how I felt in, in like my work too. As um, I have like a pretty modest like Instagram, um, and even just with this type of like video creation, podcast creation, it just feels like there's like it's like your body taking like a like a breath. Like it's, yeah. it feels like that. It's so gratifying. Yeah absolutely like i could i can't agree more <laughs> yeah yeah i know like us as a group like brown people like we we're are, we are pretty creative but it's just not something that is very um uh rewarded right yeah and like you said like i think you shared your parents were like well just finish your degree and then you can do whatever you want after like i have heard that so many times right from people in my life as well that it's just important to get an education first and obviously we can respect that and understand that but i don't think we are often afforded uh the same kind of encouragement and validation for our creative pursuits right so it must have been even kind of more challenging i imagine for you to say okay you know what i want to do this instead of like engineering right yeah i mean i mean if, if i honest like compared to other people i i had it much easier but like i don't i don't want to compare struggles because everyone's struggle is different obviously so i mean and uh, i don't i don't blame uh like older generation brown people because stability is 100 percent for them right like they and then especially coming into a new country they they want to make sure you have a paycheck coming at the end of the month or every two weeks depends on whatever they work at and creative freedom does not give you that it's you don't know if it's going to be steady so 
like uh, my dad is an amazing singer like he's a classical uh, indian singer and he works as a, a like an accountant like he has professional designations as an accountant so i like i've grown up seeing him le- like lead this dual life so for me it, it's it's a very easy path to follow like cuz i've already seen him do it but um he still continues to teach uh music while maintaining his full-time job and i you know i've told him i was like hey why not just like you're so good why not just like teach full time cuz it's not like he's not going to get students because he's very much in demand <laughs> but it it's just not something that they want to do and i respect that but i'm also very very fortunate that uh even though they do like they did tell me to like try to balance it um th- i told them you know that hey i want to try this and then they were very respectful like um i think ever since uh i know ever since uh, we came here they they've been a little bit more hands off kind of like re- uh, let us as kids do what we want because my sister also has her own uh, fashion instagram and youtube and everything and uh she's the one who actually in our family started the whole influencing situation i just followed uh, after and um now that she's moved to chicago like uh, she's going to have to be a full-time content creator because she doesn't have uh the appropriate work visas to work on her arch- or her architecture degree that she again had as a backup um so i think for my parents it was just she sort of uh, gave them an idea a while ago given that after getting married this is what i'm going to do to uh, try to do it full time and now that i am going to try to do it it's it's not something shocking out of the box right she's kind of usually i think it's the eldest kids who kind of yeah. in the situation it's a bit reverse it's the youngest one doing things first but wow it sounds like like a lot of creativity in your family uh yeah yeah, yeah we we are uh, thankfully very very blessed like my my brother is an amazing singer he just refuses to come uh, online with it yeah that that could be scary yeah but yeah Yeah, I think being able to pursue um our creative like passions uh, there's a privilege in that, right? And I think that privilege is something that our parents generation and even like a lot of people today like don't have that if you're so busy kind of chasing stability, putting food on the table, uh creating a good environment for your kids financially, you don't have the privilege to be able to stop and say, "Oh, I'm just going to, you know, see if I can make rent this month or not, but I'm going to try it out anyway." That's hard. Yeah, the only reason that I'm able to even think about this like, "Oh, I'll take a couple months" is because uh like Shiva my partner is so good and he he's like, "Hey, you know what? I'll hold the fort down. Don't worry about it." And his parents have been nothing but supportive. So, I like as I said, I I am like, you know, much I have it much easier. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important for us to also kind of reflect on our privilege right yeah. here because I am I am a full-time entrepreneur. I run my own practice and initially when I made the transition to um 
I was not sure if the income was going to look consistent month to month, right? It's not a solid same paycheck down to the Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's very sort of up and down. And in my field in psychotherapy, we notice these trends where summers are usually much slower for business yeah. than the winters, right? So it really kind of made me switch gears and plan financially for what this was going to look like and I had the privilege of a partner um, in a, a stable job to be able to say hey I will totally support you with this and it's okay if things look a little bit up and down for the first couple months we'll kind of get through it together yeah no like support and uh, like it's it's a privilege like if I was alone I don't think I would have I would have just taken this approach to be honest yeah. because again at the end of the day we still have the mentalities as like where is the next money going to come from like we need that same like it, it's been grilled in us from like as since we were kids right like where is that next safety net going to come from like you need to have it yeah absolutely absolutely and you know that i also wonder what this whole like journey has been like for you from like a cultural perspective because i imagine there's obviously you know who was it that i was i was reading someone and i forget his name and it was a really funny book and it was sort of this like opening and he said uh, in his book that oh yes it was jay shetty i was reading his book think like a monk it's really funny in the first couple pages of opening he says just like every other brown kid i had uh four career options doctor engineer lawyer failure and that really resonated with me because i think we've kind of grown up with certain professions as being more sort of um privileged um and more favored than the others so even just culturally speaking i wonder if you've noticed any sort of not not necessarily sort of shame or embarrassment but if you've had to do some inner work around embracing this creative passion as a job versus having that like engineer behind your name um yeah absolutely so i think every like again it's it's not somebody's fault that they're asking questions uh to me about my work it's just that i i wasn't confident in like you know i i just didn't come right out and say it's like oh i'm a full-time content creator i always have to add as like oh no but i have like you know i have an engineering degree and then i i help shivam with his uh like company whenever he needs it and some like that so it, it's kind of like i'm just trying to make myself convince myself in a way that hey like in order for me to tell somebody and then make them think that i'm not just like dancing and wasting my time at home that i'm doing more than just dancing mm-hmm. yeah, you know because, like to justify it yeah because um again as you said culturally it, it's it's again i feel like it's just hardwired in me is like unless and until i explain it to other people that hey i am not relying on uh, my partner alone and then he, i'm not just like slandering around why he's the one hunkering down and bringing in money you know mm-hmm. i was like i am trying i'm helping this and that so it's again not somebody's fault uh that, that it's coming out of me it's just me and i i had to like 
work on myself for a couple of months. I feel like I could have been a full-time content creator six months ago. It's just, I, again, I didn't want to admit it. <laughs> absolutely yeah and you know obviously we don't want to pass any sort of judgment on some of these cultural learnings that we've had but i think it's important to still talk about them because they yeah. affect us so deeply right yeah and they're so like ingrained in us i think i you know as you were talking an example that came to mind for me years and years ago i think i was in some sort of like a family gathering and some like a family friend there who was about my age he was telling us that he's dating someone but he was afraid to introduce her to his mom because she just has a BA oh yeah and right so I think these sorts of learnings and standards for success that we have created like largely in our culture like they're so insidious because you don't realize how much they're affecting you until you take a moment and you take a step back and you're like wow like this is really dominant in my name yeah absolutely because it makes you think like hey am i not enough you know yeah yeah like am i not good enough and i think yeah. even once someone um in my like larger family passed judgment on this one married couple because the guy was doing all the work and the the his wife was just at home and I really kind of had to say well you realize right that women don't get credit for all the unpaid labor that they do at home and if it wasn't for her unpaid labor with 60 hours a week at home he would not be able to do his job there's just so much prejudice that we have against like women staying at home or just you not being in like these traditional career roles no absolutely yeah absolutely and i feel like but on the positive note i feel like we as a generation or at least some of us are trying to break out of it because we we are trying to make it seem like hey this is you know our life this is what works for us it might not work for you but it it's perfect for both of us you know yeah absolutely i think we're definitely changing the narrative around that yeah. generation and saying well we we can do things differently and it's important yeah. to do it is possible yeah it is possible it can be rewarding it can be financially rewarding right all of that is possible because i think entrepreneurship is really like in our blood if you actually think about it yeah in india like everybody has like some sort of a business there's so many more business people um around the corner everywhere whether it's a small shop or whether you run your own insurance business like whatever it is entrepreneurship is really embedded in our culture yeah my dad uh, was a businessman when we were growing up so like yeah. I, i've seen it i've, I've seen uh, how it can be rewarding uh, and then it it does sustain an entire family and, and and pretty successfully too if if it works it works and it and i've also seen him be like hey you know what this is not working anymore let me take my family to canada and then i'm going to start working again right like it like i i have seen that hey change is okay doesn't matter what age you are like you can decide to do everything from the start yeah that's a really good point that really makes me think about cultural resilience right what we've the kind of resiliency we've seen our parents demonstrate because um risk averse people don't pick up everything and put everything in suitcases and take their families and move halfway across the world right no It's people who yeah. are risk takers who have the entrepreneurial spirit which so many of us in our community do 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that definitely sounds like um, you've had some really like lovely role models in your life that are helping you through this. Yeah, and and honestly, like I'm I'm not discounting all the you know the traditional uh, brown trauma as I like to call it. I don't know if that is easy to a word, but. Uh, like all of that is is there right but it like again there can be positives with the negative that doesn't mean we we ignore the negatives right like i i like to acknowledge the positive and yet try to work on the negatives that affected me uh, so that i can't change and be better for myself not for anybody else because that's sort of also my hope right with this podcast and these conversations is that we can talk about what it looks like to navigate different life transitions and milestones while being brown but not just from a place of you know like deficiency or inadequacy but also from a place of like empowerment because yeah there is such a thing as cultural resiliency we have learned a lot of some really great stuff from our culture and from our parents that also shapes us into who we are today um, and gives us potential for what we can do in the future. So it's important that we also talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, how are we how are we going to learn? And I feel like our generation, especially like I see I see a lot on TikTok about millennials versus Gen Z. But I do agree, like millennials are some of the most resilient people because they decided collectively that like you know they're not going to continue the generational trauma and then that they want to change yeah absolutely that we want to do things differently yeah do things differently than how they've been done for generations and generations and it yeah because courage yeah we, we're like you know what no <laughs> we literally like stood up and said no not anymore yeah exactly that we don't need to be trapped in bad jobs that don't serve us or bad relationships that don't serve us or family dynamics that are unhealthy or traditional generation like or traditional gender roles even yeah exactly exactly yeah absolutely um i think it's still sort of like a work in progress for the community and oh yeah yeah i think it it always is going to be a work in progress thing even within us um sometimes i really kind of notice my own cultural like biases really kind of rise to the surface and i have to take a moment and go wait a minute where is this coming from um so i think we have to kind of just work on dealing with that yeah like we've just started and even even the just the what's it called just the way how we know that something's wrong is such a big like deal like it it didn't happen before right now we like we can correct ourselves that's also commendable yeah absolutely absolutely and some of it might be i imagine like easier work to do than others um i imagine it's probably feeling at this point a little bit more challenging to maybe go to like a family gathering and introduce yourself as a full-time content creator right than it did as saying yeah i'm a space engineer Um, but i think it's a process for all of us 
Yeah. Uh, I f- again, I feel like I'm just trying to convince myself, gather all the like the good things that are happening, so I can dish them out and be like, "Hey, no, no, no. This is that's okay because this happened, this happened, and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. You know, it's like I'm trying all of these things. It's it's never like okay, let me just try it on a slow pace. It's like no, I, I if I. It's such an unconventional thing that you want to get it done as soon as possible, and you want to be good at it as soon as possible, which is the worst kind of mentality that I've learned that I could have, and I had to like take a step back and be like, "Hey, you know what? It's okay. Like, if it's gonna take time, whatever time is needed. Like, I can't rush it." Yeah, that it's it's a process. We can't take a uh, content creation. and that type of entrepreneurship and you know within like a week turn it into like the same output as we would have in a job no um, yeah because yeah here we're relying on different algorithms we're relying that sorry people like us <laughs> or yeah, or what yeah. we want to or what we want to show right there's so many people that do the same things that i do right like there's like i i, I want to like people around me are like oh no you know shams always like oh you're you know what you do is unique i was like is it really there's so many people that are better than me mm. yeah so it's it's hard but it 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 is uh it is like i'm trying to navigate it i guess yeah absolutely and you're you're unique in the sense that you're you doing yeah. that content right so basically that that's yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I can rely on is like I can be true to myself and just put it online and in the hopes that it resonates with other people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, kudos to you. It takes a lot of guts to I think be vulnerable online, especially especially in like the form of like dancing. I don't know, as I I really enjoy dancing. Um but I think there's like a huge vulnerability around it to post videos of yourself dancing online and like you said for people to pick it apart and I know you've received a lot of like hate in the past a lot of body yeah. hate in particular yeah. so I think there's a lot of courage there yeah thank you it 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 does it, again it's a work in progress like I'm constantly um like you know learning and learning and trying to um make myself better because it's easy to like say that oh like don't worry about it like you know it's just it's just noise but it does affect you and then it's especially when it comes at such a rapid rate again like it's 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 great when you're going viral but the negatives that come with it it, it that's not great and then you it feels like nobody makes you ready for it because it just comes to you all of a sudden that nobody prepares to be viral right like you think that you're going to be uh, famous one day and then uh, you prepare for it but that's not how it works just i don't know it just decides to go uh, like sometimes it just decides like some people like yeah they'll be like you and we were going to follow you in a day right like you get like 10,000 followers in a day and they were like that's too many eyes mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's sometimes the content that you didn't expect to do well also does well so you're kind of sitting there scratching your head going really this this was the one yeah it's like i took 5 minutes out of my day to make this yeah absolutely yeah so i think there's definitely like you're doing some really lovely work and you're thank you really courageous for for doing this it's hard to put yourself out there on yeah youtube on tiktok on instagram yeah but i i feel like 
I feel like I I I would have loved to. It's cliche for content creators to say this, but I I would have loved to have uh, seen somebody like me talk about the same things that I was going through. You know, and 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 it's it's hard to share, and I'm I'm still like on the fence about what I want to share and what I still want to keep private because in person I'm a very introverted private person like I do not talk about my problems but here I I'm just doing it because I would have wanted something like that yeah absolutely it's um really gratifying to see inclusivity in like online media right yeah. or just generally out there in the world it's really yeah. kind of affirming to be like oh this person looks like me this person talks like me uh and they're doing this and they have these struggles yeah yeah it's it, it is it is very gratifying like uh sometimes when uh, like you know i post things and i get this one message from somebody that's like hey i was i didn't know that something like that would look good on a body like yours but uh, i have the same body and then you know what like i want to start trying to wear things like that as well and like i was like okay that's worth it even a one message like that yeah yeah that sounds really rewarding yeah because uh, like as uh, as i was growing up you know cuz the brown people in body types right like oh wear this don't wear that doesn't matter what you have it's like they're just going to be like oh maybe you shouldn't wear this just try wearing that yeah it's near is like you know what i'm just going to wear what i want to wear yeah oh gosh i remember when i was a a kid or like a preteen and i was the friend who was really excited about something and she was like jumping up and down and her mom yelled at us she's like stop jumping your boobs are going up and down and i was like how is this her fault she has boobs like she has a body um i think we've just made women so conscious of their bodies oh my god i uh, yeah it's crazy because it it's either too many or it's not enough like there yeah. like what do you want yeah exactly like i can't change it this is how i was born exactly and we're instead of i think being taught to to love ourselves we're taught to hide all these parts of us and conceal them in some way and that's why this makes this even more of a courageous and like a rebellious thing is to go online with it and be like this is who i am this is me as is and you know love it or hate it but i'm yeah. going to show the world who i am yeah Uh, yeah that's literally what i'm trying to do yeah. and sometimes uh like some days i'm very okay about it some days i was like maybe i shouldn't have done that oh yeah like you said it's a process right it's a process yeah and so then i wonder you know i think all of us i don't want to make any assumptions about your experience but i think most of us struggle with like an imposter syndrome right um we have that little voice in our heads that's like constantly telling us like one thing or the other that's negative about us and we don't feel confident in ourselves a lot we feel doubtful of our abilities and most people who go online with their work in one form or another can feel a bit of an imposter syndrome and i wonder if if you felt that and more than that i wonder if imposter syndrome looks a little bit different for you given like your brown identity yeah i mean <laughs> one of the biggest things i've struggled with is imposter syndrome 
as uh, as a brown person, you know, you especially uh, a brown person in dance because dance is such a vital part in our culture, right? It's it's in our it's embedded in our weddings. It's it's on our screens. Like Bollywood is such a big thing that um, when I post dancing and. I, I didn't get formal education like when I was a kid uh, my mom put me and my sister in like a couple of years of like Bollywood dancing but again I didn't have traditional classical training right so whenever I'm posting like fusion like dances right because I feel I feel like I can I can try and do this I'm always about like is this uh, technically appropriate is this like Am I doing this right? Are my movements right? This and that, right? And and the more unqualified I feel, the more I feel like an imposter trying to put things online just because I I thought that this dance combination works <laughs> for a certain song. And it's it's hard, right? Like you have to be okay with it. Like and so I feel like I started running away from trying to feel like I'm an imposter by not doing uh, uh, more semi-classical. And then then I was like, you know what? I love doing like semi-classical Bollywood fusion because I feel like my body can move that way. So then uh, I was like, you know what? I have to, then instead of running away from it, being afraid of it, I just, I, I started writing things down. Why am I afraid, right? Like journaling helped me so much. Um, and then, um, uh, so I started to acknowledge it. I started to embrace it. And I started, the more I embraced it, the more I was able to release it. Kind of like, hey, imposter syndrome is okay, but I can come out of it because then I have to tell myself, right? Like I have to write it down. Like I am enough. I am, I have the talent. If I am worried about training, I can always go take some classes, right? Like it's, it's, and talent, something is, can always be honed, right? You, you're always learning. It's never a full stop. Like my dad, again, uh, I've seen him growing up. He's constantly learning, relearning the basics and he's collaborating with other peers. And like, I see him practicing all the time. So I like, I have examples, but still when, when you feel, when you're in that imposter syndrome, like bubble, it's horrible, but like good support and like I, I had to write so much to get get it out of my body out of my brain reread it and then just the thought of feeling guilty of feeling the imposter syndrome would just put me down so much but I've come I feel like I've come a long way and this took about a good three years to do and I'm still, again, like, I, I now I take time journaling and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's hard, but it is worth it once you figure out what works for you. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's a really, uh, sounds like a really beautiful, painful, but also like a really beautiful yeah. kind of like journey, right? I think um, imposter syndrome is tricky <clears throat> as it is. And then when you're doing something that is so different culturally, uh, and when you're one of the first people to do it in your circle, whether it's like a friend circle, family circle, like there's a lot of uh, novelty that's coming with that experience. You don't, may not have as many people to rely on to support you through it. Um, and you almost have like even more to prove because you're doing something so different. And that can really amplify the imposter syndrome. Yeah, no, because um, one of the, like I'll give you an example of uh, one of the easiest way for uh, brown creators to have an imposter syndrome is to um, or for me, at least, is like in terms of workshops, right? Like people ask, hey, are you going to teach? Uh, because when you when you create a dance routine, like you're like, oh, I love this one. I wonder if people might want to learn it, you know, because that again, that's that's a way of income for brown creators that are dancers. But then the imposter syndrome kicks in like, hey, I don't have uh, education. I don't have training. Um, will I be a good enough teacher? Is this worth people's money and time, right? Are people even going to come? So all of that is, it's still a work in progress because I would love to share the dances I create, but I'm just, I'm just not there yet. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That can be um, a scary place, right? To yeah. get to that, you know, it, is this going to be like you said like worth people's money i think those sorts of thoughts make sense um i was following a, a brown youtuber who was thinking about writing a book and he said i think something very similar that you know does this feel like it's, it's worth it um but i think yeah we all have to do that inner work to get to a place where we can come to and say yeah you know what it is yeah and once is, yeah once you it. believe in yourself yeah once yeah. you believe in yourself, once you believe in your craft and what you do, then things become easier. And then then things become, even if they turn like negative, like let's say for example, only two people show up, is that I could turn into like, hey, you know what? Like, wow, I can't believe two people want to learn. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, someone who sings was once telling me that they were really scared of singing um, in public. And if they were scared if people would like them or not. And I think I, I said to them that if there's a market for Himesh Shamia and Anu Malik, like there is a market for you. And yeah. I mean, I love, I love Himesh Shamia, but you know what I mean, right? Like, I think some of the best songs, some of the best songs are by him. Yeah. Well, there's like a market for every taste, for every niche, for everyone, for everything. And we're not going to know until we put ourselves out there. Um, and yeah, there's, there's 8 really... billion people in the world. Exactly, exactly. There's a really famous book. I'm forgetting the author's name, but I'll link the book down below. It's called Show Your Work. Okay. And it's a very skinny book. And the author just talks about creative work. We can get so evaluative of it. We can get so performative around our work. But the importance of showing your work, even if you feel like it's not good enough, show it. Because you know what? It's good enough for someone out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, like, that's a really lovely read. I, I believe I believe in that quote because, again, as an engineer, showing my work gave me part marks to pass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in math classes and science classes, like so, definitely, like I can use that in my creative aspect. Yeah. 
yeah that's a really good book i think you would like it it's like a it's a quick quick read but yeah. okay yeah yeah well this was so nice talking to you today and thank you so much for coming on here and being so like open and vulnerable with me this is great thank you like nikita i i honestly some of the things i said i was i would again three years ago i would have been afraid to say it even to myself so um thank you for making it so easy for me to make it feel comfortable enough to share yeah of course absolutely and you know you were like one of the first people that came to mind for me as i was um, like drafting like my episodes and like my guest list and Aww. i was just thinking i was like wow like shata would be so cool for this because what she's doing is so cool um so i'm really glad that you were able to come on here and you took out some time out of your super busy schedule oh thank you so much <laughs> yeah Perfect. Well, for anybody interested, I will leave all of Shweta's socials down in the description box below. Check her out. She's an amazing dancer um, and she does really awesome videos. And stay tuned for our disclaimer. The guests and the hosts at Brown People Problems do not offer individualized therapeutic advice and our conversations should not be interpreted as such. This podcast is not a replacement for therapy. This podcast exists for educational purposes only. Please consider your circumstances and engage with the content mindfully.